When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Time for another episode of Let's Talk About. John Gibson is back from his holidays. So before I introduce the episode, John, did you have a nice time away? Absolutely wonderful. Uh, made even better because Newcastle didn't lose a solitary single game. Um, so, uh, But that's the way it always is now. We don't lose games. Uh, had a fabulous time. Um, kept in touch with all the news. Uh, the Italian boy delighted about that. Um, and now that uh, Italy are out of the Euros, no doubt he'll be in Newcastle and sign. But that's been a foregone conclusion for a while, but thrilled a bit. Great holiday, great signing. Yeah, and by the time you guys listen to this, which will be on Saturday, um, you know, you may well be a Newcastle United player. Very exciting times. We're going to talk, though, about one of the first signings under Eddie Howe. A very, very big guy, a very, very tall guy. Does that give it away? I think it probably does, John. This episode yeah. is Let's Talk About. Dan Byrne. And let's get let's get the what the what the listeners want out of the way first of all, John. How big is Dan Byrne, Byrne's heart? Big as a frying pan, mate. Big as a frying pan. And he is the size of Gray's monument. There we go. There we go. We had it within a minute. Fantastic. Yes, yeah. this episode is all about Dan Byrne. Now, if we'd done this, you know, last year, it would have been all about Dan Byrne, the centre-back. But it's all about Dan Byrne, the left-back. And that's where we're going to start. When he signed, John, January 2022, very late in the window, Newcastle had missed out on Sven Botman because uh, Lille didn't want to sell at that point. Gone to Brighton, £30 million for Dan Byrne. I'll, I'll be 100% honest, I had no idea who he was. I had never heard of him before. Um but clearly someone at Newcastle had and it's paid off. But then you start reading up on him, you start talking to people at Brighton and they're all very praiseful of him. Great centre-back, uh, can play a left-back, but he comes to Newcastle primarily as that centre-back. And here we are sitting, 80 months later, and he's 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 their first-choice left-back. It's, it's mind-blowing. It is. It's quite... You know, we've talked in its own way it's as big a conversion as Joe Linton from centre-forward to midfield. Because, um, yes, he'd played the occasional game at left-back for Brighton, but it was the occasional game. It wasn't. He wasn't a regular. He was a regular at centre-half. And when you think of what centre-halves need, which is to be tall, so that they're good in the air, they're combative, 
they, if they have a lack of pace, it doesn't show because it's tight areas they're playing in. He is the perfect bill to look at for a centre-half. He's certainly not the, be- the perfect bill to look at for a left-back because he's ungainly, because he's so big, he's ungainly, he's one-paced, which gets exposed more out on the flanks than it does in the centre of the park, etc., uh, etc. Et so he does not look an automatic left-back, he looks an automatic centre-half. And I still maintain to this day that his best position is at centre-half, but he's done a truly magnificent job at left-back because he hasn't got a solitary single, and this is meant as the ultimate compliment, he hasn't got a solitary single thing going from him as a left-back, visually. He is not a left-back, yet he played in every single game, Premier League game, Newcastle played last year, 35 starts plus three years sub. He played in every single game, and the vast majority of those was as a left-back. And as I say, I find that as startling, almost, as I do Joe Linton going from centre-forward to to midfield. Yeah, 36 games of those 38 that he appeared in were as left-back. And it is quite something, given the fact that Matt Target signed permanently for Newcastle United after arriving on loan, and he had impressed, and Newcastle went out and made him a £50 million uh, arrival. Now, obviously, he had his injury uh, problems, but towards the end of last season, he was fit and he was raring to go, and he just could not get Dan Byrne out of that left-back position. And it's going to be interesting this summer, because I think everyone is in agreement that a new left-back will come in. And yet, when you look at what the pecking order would be, you know, whoever comes in, it's probably going to be the new arrival, then Dan Byrne, then Matt Target. So Dan Byrne, the centre back, could effectively force Matt Target, the uh, you know, the actual left back out of the club in many ways because he's not going to want to be third choice. Yeah, I mean, it is an incredible situation. You've got to remember that Newcastle played decent millions of pounds for Jamal Lewis as well. So there's two orthodox left backs on the books. Matt Target and, and uh, Jamal Lewis, and a very unorthodox left-back is keeping both of them out. So those two boys have got to seriously look at their situation. I mean, we know Lewis's yesterday's news as far as Newcastle's first team's concerned. They'll try to unload him this season if they can. The, the Matt Target thing is... is fascinating and confusing because they had him on loan and could have sent them back if they didn't fancy him. Instead, they spent an awful lot of money, decent money, on getting him and then he can't get in the side. But we're not talking about Matt Target today, we're talking about Dan Byrne. But it just shows the versatility of Dan Byrne to be able to keep two orthodox left-backs out of a Newcastle side, which is then so successful it finishes fourth top and qualifies for the Champions League with Dan Byrne playing in that position. Now, I'll reiterate, despite the fact that I've been thrilled to bits about him in that position, I still see him essentially as a centre-half. Um, and it is something that's got to be addressed by um, Eddie Howe for the Champions League because 
while Newcastle worked it tactically brilliantly to get the best out of Danburn and not get him exposed against tricky, pacey wingers, uh, it is a step up in class again to do that in the Champions League. Certainly, when you hit, when you play the big hitters, be that Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, whoever. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It was clever the way Eddie did it. I felt with Dan because Dan is as as I said at the start, is a heart the size of a vine, but he will never, never, never give in. He has played the whole of his career against the odds. He's shouldn't have made it, shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done this. He's defied the odds all of his career and made a heck of a career at the end of it, out of it. Well done him. But Eddie Howe was very clever. When he looked at playing a flat-back four and thinking I'm playing Bernard left-back because he loves his attitude and Botman was going to be the left-sided centre-half, he made it the situation so that Trippier could get on his bike that much more with Dan Byrne playing left-back, because Trippier just bombed and bombed and bombed down that right-hand side. And what ha happened then is Newcastle actually went to a three, because when Trippier went, the three who can play centre-half, which is Shaw, Botman and Byrne, just shuffled across the back four into a situation defensively, which was like three centre-halves, allowing Trippier to go on. Then when Trippier came back into the right-back position, they shuffled across and there was Byrne playing left-back. But they used this, how used the situation very well. Uh, and, of course, we also never left, if you noticed, Byrne uh, alone against a pacey winger. We always doubled up. There was always somebody around Byrne's feet to cover against a tricky winger. So if the tricky winger did burn, he was going to have to do the cover as well, and the cover was there. So, tactically, Eddie Howe did it well, but great, great credit to uh, to Dan Byrne to be able to play. It's all right with you playing left-back if, you, if you're a bit of an average left-back, if you're playing in a poor side, but when you're playing left-back in a, in a Champions League qualifying side, You've got to be doing well, and he's done brilliantly. And well done him, because it's against everything that the football manual tells you. Um, against all those odds, he's been terrific and good for him, because I've, I didn't, I've got to be truthful, and I said so at the time, Andrew. I didn't fancy him at left-back when he first was given that position in Newcastle. I fancied him as an emergency left-back, but a regular left-back in a side that's going to finish fourth top, eight foot six, never in the world. But he's done it. He has. I think he's probably surprised himself. Eddie Howe, he's certainly surprised you and I. And I'm just looking here at the the appearances of, of, of Matt Target. So he, he did start the game against uh, Chelsea at left-back. But you have to go all the way back to the game against Bournemouth uh, on the 17th of September. He started left-back then, the 1-1 draw. Um, and then from then on in, it was all about Dan Byrne. Now, 
as we said, Matt Hogg did suffer a couple of injuries. He just suffered a dead leg in the uh, the opening weeks of the season. Uh, but he didn't, you know, he, after that, though, after that Bournemouth game, he was available to be picked. He wasn't picked. He didn't suffer an injury until um, he missed the Leeds game on New Year's Eve. And then he was out for uh, about seven or eight weeks. But in between that, John, Dan Byrne, as you said, stepped in sort of an emergency left-back, but then quickly moved on from being an emergency left-back to being the first choice. And I'm just wondering what, what you think Eddie Howe was thinking at, the, at this point. Because I think he would have, as you said, probably thought him as a as a makeshift left-back until Matt Togg is fit. But once that happened, he, he didn't decide to change it. I, I think there's a lot of... I mean, Dan Byrne has been brought up the hard way. He's a bit like uh, Les Ferdinand and Warren Barton who came uh, into the entertainer's side and they came originally from non-league football. What it means when you've been brought up the hard way is that you're very grounded. You, you don't think you can walk on water. You don't try to be the fancy Dan you're not. You don't think you're Berese or Maldini. You think, I'm Dan Byrne. I've got great assets but I've got weaknesses, but you're never going to see those weaknesses. Uh, he deserves everything he's got because of the way um, he's gone about the job. And you can imagine Eddie Howe looking at him, looking at Dan Byrne and seeing himself. I don't mean as an eight-foot-six defender because Eddie's on the short side in comparison, but in the same way, like, I'm not the greatest player in the world, but I'm the most dedicated player in the world. This is Eddie Howe talking about himself. And I'm the most determined player in the world. And I will get a living out of my playing career. Um, and Dan Byrne has gone the same way. And I think Eddie Howe would admire that. I mean, Dan Byrne is living the dream. You can't believe it, can you? I mean, you look at him. He's a Geordie lad. Born in Blythe, season ticket holder at Newcastle, who idolised Alan Shearer when he sat up in the with the rest of us in the crowd. I mean, look at his start. New Hartley, Blythe Town, Blythe Spartans, he's pushing trolleys in Asda. And he goes from that, he goes to Darlington. Hardly a glamour move. He's on loan at Yeovil Town. He, he plays for Wigan Athletic. He's been brought up. The hard way. Who would think when he was brought up like that he would be a Champions League player with Newcastle United, his hometown club? I mean, the story is staggering. The two guys down at Wrexham that shouldn't be making a film about Wrexham, they should be making a Hollywood film about Dan Byrne. He's the greater fairy tale story. The guy pushing the trolleys at Asda, they played for New Hartley, Blytown, Bly Spartans, Darlington, Yeovil Town in Wigan is now part of the cream of the Premier League and just about to attack Europe. It is incredible. And I think what he brings to the table is so loved by Eddie Howe that he's looked at Jamal Lewis and said he's not Premier League class anyway. And he's looked at Target and thought, who's the better? Well, Target might be the more natural left back, but Burns' attributes are that much different. I mean, Target is fascinating because you wonder why Newcastle, having had him on loan and saw what he was like, 
if they then spend 16 million or whatever it is to bring him permanently, you presume he's the automatic left back for the rest of if time at Newcastle United. And all of a sudden, not only is he not, but he's not for an eight foot six and a half. Now, that why, if that decision is consciously being made by the manager, that I prefer. Dan Byrne to Matt Target, and that decision has been made because Matt Target got fit, as you say. Why did we sign him in the first place? Having had him on loan, so we saw his assets, but we also saw his limitations. Fascinating that how Target finished here and then got usurped by Big Dan. Certainly is. And you mentioned there that the journey Dan Byrne has, has been on, and when he signed for Newcastle, he said, I never thought this day would come. As you said earlier in the show, he's he's living the dream. How much does that heart, that desire, that commitment, that understanding of what a privileged position he's in to be playing for Newcastle United? You know, uh, myself, you, John, would give us the shirt off our backs just to have that one moment of a Premier League uh, kickabout for Newcastle United. How much does that kind of make up for, and with all due respect, the 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 lack lack of a maybe ability of Dan Byrne at left-back. You know, he's not a world-class left-back. I'm no. just wondering how that also plays into the search for a new left-back because, you know, you can go and get the most talented player in the world, but if he comes with an ego to disrupt the dressing room, if he comes and not doesn't fully understand what it means and he can't walk down the street and, and, and embrace the kids running towards him for an autograph, then do you go for someone like Dan Byrne who just goes... Yeah, I'm all for that. No, you, you don't go for a guy like that, but you go for a guy like Newcastle sign. Because um, if you look at the other signings, Bruno's not like that. Trippier's not like that. Uh, Isaac's not like that. Newcastle signed people very high on character as well as high on ability. And I think the left-back they do get, and they will get one, an automatic left-back, will be have the more natural um, talent for a left-back position, but will have the good character as well that goes with it, you know, whether that's Tierney or uh, Kieran Tierney or whoever it is. Um, I think they'll go down that route. It is very, very important uh, to Newcastle United that they get uh, players of good heart, and that's exactly what Dan Byrne has and he brought to the table. And as you rightly pointed out at the top of the show, he was brought in at a time when they couldn't get Botman. The interesting thing was that when Botman come along, we all said, oh dear, now what happens with Byrne? Because he's not going to play two centre-halves who are both left-footed. Although the theory is, why not? Because you can play two centre-halves who are both right-footed. So why not left-footed? But he won't. So you were thinking, is this a short straw for Dan Byrne, who was then, with the help of Eddie, recreated himself as, as a left-back. But it's what he brings to the table. It, I, I mean, nobody is... Do you think he's going to surrender his position in the team, whether it's centre-half or left-back, easily? Absolutely no chance, because he is living the dream. He's turned 30. This is the greatest moment of his career. He's with his hometown club, just finished fourth top and about to play in the Champions League. It doesn't get better than that. It, but what I love about Dan Byrne is that he's made himself into a footballer. 
Some people are automatically footballers. Sam Maximum's automatically a footballer. Uh, Lauren Robert was, Hatton Ben Arthur was, in terms of talent, <clears throat> in terms of commitment, questions might be asked. But they're not asked by, uh, when you mentioned Dan Byrne. He has made himself the best, best, best footballer he can be. Exactly the same thing as Frank Clark did. Frank Clark wasn't the best footballer in the world, but he was determined to be the best he could be. And out of that, he won the only European trophy Newcastle United have ever won, and he won the Champions League with Nottingham Forest. Now, he made himself... He His ability was about 50%. He made himself 110% because of his attitude. And believe it or not, somebody with very good ability but made himself a superstar as well was Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan had good ability, but he, he hadn't world-class ability. But he had world-class attitude and world-class work ethic as a player, and that coupled with the ability he had made him go as far as he went. And that's what you admire in people that push themselves way beyond where the natural ability should take them. Dan Byrne, Frank Clark, Kevin Keegan. You look at the other people, Lauren Robert, Hatton Ben Arthur, and these days, Maxi, and you think, you've got great God-given ability. But if Maxi had what Dan Byrne's got between his ears and in determination and size of heart, then Maxi could be world-class. But he's susceptible. He hasn't got that. And that's something you've got to admire in Dan Byrne. And it's, it's interesting as well on on the left-back situation, John, because you you know Eddie Howe will not be offering any first-team guarantees to whoever comes in. You know, Kieran for example, he probably will ask, well, am I going to be first choice? And Eddie Howe, I'm willing to bet me bottom dollar will go, well, if you perform well in training, if you show me commitment and desire, then yes, but there's going to be no guarantees and you're right, Dan Byrne will be sitting there, he'll be watching and waiting to see who comes in, and he'll be up and ready for this fight. Because as you say, it doesn't get much better for this than this for Dan Byrne. This is his moment, and he's not going to give it up. He's already seen Matt Target off. So whoever comes in is going to have an absolute battle on their hands to get uh, first choice at left back. And I can't wait for that battle because competition is what Newcastle United need in all of these positions. Um Let's and talk. by the way, if a left-back gets in the side, Andrew, if a left-back gets in the side, Botman better continue playing brilliantly as he has done every game, else he'll have his position. Yeah, yeah. He'll, challenge, he'll challenge both for left-sided centre-half and left-back. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And exactly, I mean, that, that, as we say, that's the versatility of Dan Byrne, and it's, it's a brilliant asset to have. On the pitch, when he is faced against a tricky winger, there are those moments when you see the winger running at him and you just go, this is going to end very badly. And then suddenly, even when the winger gets past him, Dan Byrne recovers and he takes four or five strides with those big long legs of his and stops the attack. And I have literally been at St. James's Park questioning how on earth he's recovered, how on earth he's stopped the attack because it looked like he was, he was a goner. I, and I, I still I don't have the answer because he hasn't got any pace about him. 
it just seems his legs can take seven or eight steps when a normal average human being like you or I, John, it's it's one step. He's got eight or nine in one stride. Mm. Uh, yes, I mean it, it. It is unbelievable. And what makes it unbelievable is what you touched on there. Is he hadn't got the pace to get back at him? I mean, if you take Kyle Walker and you get away, he'll get back at you. But he'll get back at you because he'll burn you with pace. This fella hasn't got pace, so you wonder how he's going to get back on him. I mean, I must admit that when we play against world-class wingers, I still worry to this day because you think, how is he going to handle this guy? This guy is world-class. He's got pace to burn. Um, burn hasn't. So, you know, where we're going to be. And I will carry that worry with me to the grave. And certainly if Dan's playing left-back in the Champions League and I look at one of the, the, the sides, if we're playing one of the superstar sides, I'll worry then because it's not natural. But he does it, and, and that's been terrific. But I do, But we know Eddie Howe's no fool. And Eddie Howe will look at the Newcastle United situation, and as much as he adores Dan Byrne, is both a centre-half and a left-back, he will think, where are we vulnerable? We've been vulnerable in the middle of the park, hence the Italian coming and perhaps another player. We've been vulnerable right side centre-half because we've got Shaw and nobody else, but we're vulnerable at left-back because he doesn't fancy Lewis. He doesn't fancy Target as our regular left-back because he could have been that by now. And and so you've only got, to a certain extent, you've only got Burn. And you, in the Champions League and the FA Cup and the League Cup and the Premier League, you then go like that. Although, as I say, Dan played in all 38 Premier League games last season. But this is a step up again. This is a step up again, Andrew, for Newcastle United, not just Dan Byrne, playing in the Champions League. And and so we need an extra ball to, uh, to our defensive strategy. And by the way, he played he played in the back four with the best defence in the Premier League, along with, I think, Man City. Um, you, you know, so they were successful. Uh, it wasn't, you know, we didn't win 5-4 games. We didn't let goals in. Yeah, and I mean, you can hark back to the last time Newcastle won the Champions League, you know, Andy O'Brien, uh, Andy Griffin, Aaron Hughes, good players. But if you had the chance and you were honest, you would say not Champions League players. And they didn't do too bad. And I think what I'm looking forward to seeing Dan Byrne in the Champions League, because I think he will get a start or two at left back. I think he's going to step up. I know it's a level up for him, but I... Regardless of the bringing of the left back in, which I think they will do, he is going to up his game again. He's going to up his level again because, as we've said, this is his moment, and I think he realizes that. I think he'll seize that, and he will work his backside off. And I think we will see another good season for him again uh, at left back, predominantly uh, in the 2023-24 campaign. We've also got to remember, Andrew. You know, when we mention the Champions League. We all go goggle-eyed and romantic and this is the ultimate, which it is. And when you think of the teams at the top, the cream of Europe, and you think of Real Madrid and you think of Barcelona and you think of Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain, uh, 
Inter Milan, maybe Juventus, maybe AC Milan. <laughs> you are talking about a huge step up. But the rest of the Champions League, Andrew, is not a step up. You know, when when that is the the, the teams that are in part one when the draws made are a different class. But the rest aren't. You can't tell me that side we will play sides in Europe in the group stages that are no better than Liverpool or Arsenal or Spurs or Manchester United, who have played successfully in the Premier League. So let's not get too carried away that we, we Newcastle United, and Dan Byrne in particular, as he's the subject we're talking about, are going to get ripped to shreds in the Champions League every, every time we play. Maybe we'll get ripped to shreds when we play the number one rated side in our group, but we're not in the other games. The other games... The opposition is no better than the top opposition in the Premier League. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm. I say, I think you'll have a a, a really good season uh, next season. I've got some comments, John, from our listeners uh, on Dan Byrne. So I'll just read them, and then we'll get your thoughts on on what they've had to say. So Toon Army Toronto says he's been an incredible signing, underappreciated but vital to the team. Can't think of many so-called elite wingers who got the better of him last season. And the one that stands out for me is the Newcastle United victory over Manchester United at home. 2-0, wasn't it? And Anthony, bless his cotton socks, had a torrid time of it, didn't he? He was not a happy boy. And Dan Byrne showed him on that day exactly who uh, the boss was. Yeah. I, I mean, he is... He wouldn't... I mean... Eddie Howe has a hard streak in him. And while he loves people, he doesn't love them that much that he'll play them when they're not playing well. And if Dan Burner got regularly exposed at left-back, he would have been out the side and Target would have been in or Trippier would have been brought across and the right-back brought in or whatever. Um, But, yes, but... (laughs) When you still look at them, you still think that the greatest wingers in the world will have a field day. But Newcastle are clever with it. Burns clever. The best thing about Dan is he doesn't think he's better than he is. And I mean that as a compliment. Because once you start believing your own publicity, you start making mistakes. Because you start showboating, you think you can do what you can't do, you try to do what you can't do. If you stick the basics in what you're good at, and he has strengths, of course he has strengths, else he wouldn't have made it this far, then you're going to be okay. And that's a wonderful thing with Amber, and I'm harping back to Frank Clark who was in my side that I saw win the first cup and is the man, Supermac, who's still in the press box at St. James's Park and still watches Newcastle United to this day, says the best defensive left-back he has seen play for Newcastle United is Frank Clark, who was not manufactured, knew what he could do and stuck to his strengths and was recognised by Brian Clough and taking the forest and made a Champions League player. Is this left-back going to become a Champions League player? Is it a consequence in the same way as Frank Clark? It looks like it at the moment because he is another local lad like Frank Clark was. Um, so, yes, it, it's there. And 
this man, as I say, will not give up. And Botman want him to play left back because if he doesn't play left back, he'll be Harry and Botman for that position. Botman's class, I'm not suggesting for one moment he's going to take over from Botman. But I tell you what, he'll be a good stand and he'll push for a place in the side. Do you think teams uh, underestimate Dan Byrne? Because it, it was felt towards, uh, well, a large part of last season, actually, that teams picked him as the weak spot. But as the comment there, you know, pointed out, very few got the better of him. I mean, there was there was a, a patch where you and I, John, on the match preview said uh, it must have been three or four games in a row. He's got to come out that side because he's getting turned left and right, inside out each way. It, it doesn't look good. We feared and anyhow stuck with him. And then Dan Byrne became better. He be, you know, he picked up his form and that's down to hard work and commitment. But also, I, I mean, I, I do think opposition teams kind of underestimate him. And I think Dan Byrne probably relishes that actually and says, like, come on then, I'll, I'll show you what I can do. Yeah, Um I mean, he would. It's harsh, but if you look at a Newcastle side, that top four, you know what they're good at. You would say, who do we target? Um, and you would target uh, Byrne before you would target Botman, before you would target Shaw, before you would target Trippier as the, the weakling, simply because his build doesn't lend himself to him playing in that position. And he isn't a left-back, he's a centre-half. That is still a fact. But... You see, what I think is clever is what was coupled with the determination and the never-say-die spirit of Dan Byrne and his considerable defensive assets was the coaching of Eddie Howe and the rest of the Newcastle coaching staff. He wasn't left exposed. You saw him down at... Arsenal, you're expecting soccer with a winger to absolutely kill him because he's killed everybody all season and then killed him with England. But when Sacco got the ball and Byrne fronted him up, there was, if you watched it on telly, if you, when you watched it again on telly, there was a shadow behind Byrne. That was the bloke that was standing behind Byrne. The Newcastle centre-half moved across, the winger dropping back. It, Byrne was never exposed against Sacco one for one. You don't, because then Sacco will take anybody in the league, man. But Howe was clever. He used the strengths of Byrne to do the job we required, but had the extra artillery in there to make certain that when the winger got past Byrne, which will happen on occasions, he runs straight into somebody else. Work rate is the secret to Newcastle. The press high, they all go forward together, they all come back together, they all cover together. It's one of the reasons why you look at whether uh, what Maxi brings to the side is a great help because Maxi is not great on doubling up and in, in helping out Dan Byrne. He's great at going forward. Whereas on the on the other side, Almiron will run back and be behind the right back. When, when somebody's attacking us, because Almiron does that, you're not going to get Maxi doing that. But it, that sort of thing is liked by Howe. And part of Newcastle's success is their, their, their great fitness, their great closing down right up in the opposite side of the, the attacking side of the field, but also covering 
Dan. And I've seen the Dan situation. Dan is a clever player mentally, and he, there's people being tucked in around him to make certain he doesn't get exposed to pace. Yeah, definition of clever management and, uh, and teamwork. Uh, superb to see. Uh, some more comments then, John, from the Toon Centre. Uh, they write, depends on incomings, obviously, but I reckon he'll get less minutes. He'll be used to show up the defence and see games out when ahead. Uh, cup games are where starts in the Prem for certain fixtures. Continued off-the-pitch leadership as part of the leadership group. Now, that uh, opinion about him getting less minutes and playing a you know a role off the bench is that is that something you subscribe to? It's a it's a possibility, yes. Um, because you can get a better, you can sign a better left back than Dan Byrne, and and uh, that has not been nasty. You can buy better wingers than. Saint Maximum and Murphy and Almiron. If if you've got enough money and you go because that's the way life is, um, and Dan Byrne is not an England international, um, but and if you do get a better left back, then he starts and Byrne covers both there and and Botman. Um, everybody has got to be on the game in Newcastle. I mean, Maxi used to be the number one man in Newcastle just a couple of seasons back. Number one blue chip player. Now he's a bench player. So there, there is that possibility, probability with Dan Byrne. Because, yes, you would buy an orthodox left back. And if you buy an orthodox left back, you're not expecting him to do what Target does, and that is cover for a centre-half playing left back. You expect him to go in there and do the job. If you buy Kevin Tierney, then if he comes, as an example, to Newcastle United, you can rest assured Newcastle not only like his ability, which I like, but they've also checked out his character that he is a good character and will have the right attitude and will come. And if he has that, then he will play left back in the same way as Byrne was here. It will brought Botman in. And Botman played left, is now the number one left sided centre half, which is Byrne's natural position. So it's going to happen. But especially with us in the Europe, in two domestic cups and the Premier League, four competitions next season you need everybody and and burn will play a lot of games as will people like murphy and son maximum and other players that might that and regardless of this italian boy arriving willick and longstaff are going to play a lot of games in midfield as well it's 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 more and more a squad game the the more successful you are and therefore, Burn will remain a very, very big part of Newcastle United, although not necessarily the automatic part that Pope and Trippier and Botman and Bruno and Isaac are, where they're automatically on the first team starting list, providing a fit. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got some more comments here. One from Ross. He says... I feel Byrne will begin the transition into the Matt Ritchie role of a modern pro. We'll have less game time depending on incomings, but will be solid and reliable when called upon. Can't understate the impact he's had this season. A warrior and a local hero living the dream. The Midland Mag reminds us he's uh, Dan Burns from Blythe. 
Um, we've got Ian who says he's reliable and versatile, gives 100% and knows what it means to play for Newcastle. And Charlie says he's underrated. Everyone talks about how much money must be must be spent on a new left back. Rubbish, he says. His passion and desire more than anything make up for any slightly better player we buy. He gives 100% every game without fail. And to me, that makes him more valuable than some people realise. So Charlie Gibbo doesn't want a new left back. But if Newcastle don't sign in a left back this window, are you are you disappointed at that? Yes, I am, because I'm making sky high. Um uh you know, I used to look at Newcastle um, from a very low esteem and grateful for whoever come along. I'm looking at Newcastle as a Champions League club now. And, and so I would be. Um, <clears throat> because you need a full squad, not just a full team. And you can't think of anybody better than Burn to keep dropping in to left back and left centre half. Because believe you me, you'll get some games there as well. In the FA Cup, the League Cup, perhaps one of the smaller Champions League games and Premier League. Believe you me, you're going to need the full range of people. And by the way, when we were saying how quite startling it is that Dan Byrne made such a, a fist of being the regular left-back last season when Newcastle had automatic you know, left-backs, it all pucker left-backs, and we said Target and, and we said Jamal Lewis... Paul Dummett was there as well, who, who's an orthodox left-back that was capped by Wales in that position. He kept three automatic, natural left-backs out of the team. Do, do you think, then, there's not a question that Newcastle end this window without signing a left-back? There's not a question that uh, Eddie Howe can rely on Dan Byrne, Matt Target, Jamal Lewis, Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett, who may all still be at the club uh, once the window shuts. I mean, uh, is that what you're saying? Newcastle definitely need a new left-back. And I'm saying they ought to sign a left-back of quality because Richie's not that. Dummett's not a starting left-back. Lewis will be sold. Um, and Target has proved not to be what we thought it was going to be. So... You can't go into four competitions with just Byrne as your left back because he's not a left back and you've got to have you've got to have two quality players for every position. Now I'm not saying Newcastle will definitely buy a quality left back this summer because they'll wait till they can get the man they want. And they may decide that they can only spend a certain amount of money and there's greater priority in other positions like an attacking midfielder or a right-sided centre-half. I mean, they've been looking at buying a right-back from Southampton when we've got Trippier. So, as I've said on previous podcasts, Andrew, that Newcastle buy the when the right player becomes available in, the, in a position, they want to strengthen. But it doesn't mean that they strengthen every position this this summer, in an ideal world, Newcastle, having got the Italian in, would buy an attacking uh, midfield player, a right-sided right-back, a left and a left-back minimum, and possibly somebody that can play across the front three. But they're not. I bet you they don't get all those positions filled this summer. 
either for financial fair play situations or for the right players not being available. So I would feel happy happier if the buyer left back because I think we are particularly exposed there in depth because we've got to talk about depth. In Newcastle are concerned about depth. If they're going to have a go to sign this right back from Southampton when they've got Trippier and they've just signed Ashby, it shows that they, they do go for doubling up depth. And I think we are exposed at left back for doubling up. And And what a lot of our listeners have said, which is basically, this guy is terrific. He's done wonderful for us. He will continue to do wonderful for us, but perhaps play fewer games than last season when he played every single one in the Premier League. I would think that, when now we are a top four Champions League side, I would think that's fair comment. And it's no disrespect to Dan Byrne, it's fair comment. Um, because you've got to double up. I mean, a lot of people, when we had Dubovka, thought we don't need a goalkeeper. But they went out and got Pope. And Dubovka is a terrific backup to Pope, but he's a backup to Pope. And and so you've got, however ruthless it appears, you can always get a better player than the one you've got. Unless that player happens to be Messi in his prime or Ronaldo in his prime, you can always get a, I mean, you could say, you could have Harry Kane. And, and say, well, I don't need a centre-forward, but perhaps Holland will score more goals. There's always somebody else that can be better than what you've got if you've got enough door and if the guy will come. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Let's just uh, talk about Dan Burns attacking attributes then. He looks very comfortable on the ball. It's quite a sight to behold when he does start striding forward. I think sometimes he takes a, a brief millisecond and checks himself. He can't quite believe he's been given the space or he's moved 20, 30 yards. He's, he's definitely not like the likes of uh, Irvin Natwis or, or David Craig, who are a little bit wary of going across the halfway line. He likes going forward. He scored against Leicester, didn't he, um, in, in the Cup? Um, and he scored against Brighton with a header as well later on. You know, we'd like to see him add more goals to his to his game but certainly his comfortability on the ball you know adds to what Newcastle can do in an attacking sense and it, it is a big benefit to to Newcastle yeah yeah i mean when you look at dan and you think of dan contributing in the opposing penalty area you would expect that to be on set pieces and it, that's where it ought to be you know when we get corners we should be scoring more goals off corners. Dan scored with a terrific header, and it well pleased me. But when you look at the size of if, if Dan Byrne, when you look at the size of Botman, who hasn't scored yet, when you look at the size of Joe Linton, and we'll pile all them into the penalty area on corners, we should be terrifying teams on corners. And I want to see more goals from corners because of that. We aren't quite getting it. Because there can be improvements in every team. There can be improvements in Man City and they've just won the trouble. Little improvements. There can always be improvements. And we should score more goals off set pieces with the size of the players we can put in the penalty area. But Dan's done well because, again, you know, he's a centre-half. 
He's not used with flying down the wing as an attacker, overlapping, getting in their box, doing a soft show shuffle like that dance he did in the dressing room and crossing the ball for somebody to stick it in. That's never been his game the whole of his career because he's a centre-half and you don't do that as a centre-half. But he, you know what? He's such a big-hearted, willing lad. He'll try to do whatever he's got to do, whatever he's asked to do. And because of his attitude, as well as more ability than he's given credit for, he, he ends up more often than not being able to do it. Hmm. And how did you feel when he scored against Leicester, John, and, and sent Newcastle uh, towards that League Cup final? Well, I mean, I had to check twice to make certain it, it, it was him and it wasn't some maximum. It was wonderful. And you're so chuffed for Monty because he's one of... He is one of those people you want to be successful. He, he's the local lad living the dream. <clears throat> he was, you know, the phrase, he's one of our own, which Spurs originally started singing to, to Kane. It really applies to this fella, Marshall. He sat on the terraces here, supporting Newcastle with dad and drooling over Alan Shearer. And now he's on the pitch stopping people like Alan Shearer, stopping the modern-day Alan Shearer, um, whether that's Kane or whoever. Um, and that is, you want that success. The same applies, of course, to Sean Langstaff. You want to see jolly lads in a jolly team doing well because we live our dream through them. We Geordies live our dream through seeing Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne doing what they do because we see that's us. That's me doing it in my dreams. That's me doing it. So they're important and it's been terrific for him. And I'm certain he'll wake up some nights and he'll remember when he was playing for Darlington and when he was playing for Yeovil and when he was playing for Wigan. And when he was pushing trolleys round as there and think, has this really happened? And you know why it has? Because his determination took him from all that to his major break, which come in August 2018 when he signed for Brighton. That's what opened the door because he signed for a perfect club for somebody that hasn't done anything but has great determination to succeed because that club brings it out of you. And that's where he suddenly blossomed and we become aware of him and we signed him. His big break was going to Brighton. And then his next big break was coming here and living the dream the way he has done. And good for him. And when he retires, he'll retire in the same way as Frank Clark does. He'll have no regrets. Did, mm. did I do enough? Did I push myself? Well, when people like Hatton Ben Arthur retire, they must think, could I have done more? Should I have been an even bigger star? And Maxie's got to push on, else he'll end up thinking like that. Dan Byrne will have no regrets. He is, he'll have made it as big as it was physically and literally possible for him to do. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. I'm just going to uh, throw some stats your way, John, because I know you're a big fan of stats. Um, 120 clearances Dan made last season, which ranked him third. But it's more the attacking stats I'm interested in. Um, a better percentage success rate when it comes to taking on players 
than Miguel Almiron and Joe Willick. So Dan Byrne registered a 44% success rate. Almiron was 43% and Joe Willick was 39.8%. Now, admittedly, them stats are a little bit skewed because uh, Almiron's and Joe Willick's successful take-ons registers more than Dan Byrne's attempt to take-ons. But we're not, we'll take the percentage just to show you how good Dan Byrne is going forward. The penultimate question, John, I want to ask you, can Dan Byrne break into this England squad? That's a great question because I'm so desperate to say yes because he's a local lad. Uh, and the reason I won't say no is because his determination, when when he was on loan at Yeovil Town and scoring at Wembley in the League One playoff in 2013, if somebody had said, will he play in the Premier League, finish fourth top and qualify for the Champions League, he would have said he hasn't got a chance at all. And when he played left-back for the first time for Newcastle United, and you'd say he'll be the regular left-back in a side as successful as Newcastle, you'd say, what a joke. So if you say, can he play for England? You say, certainly not. Then he's proved us wrong time and time again. So there's a possibility. And by the way, if Harry Maguire can play for England, then Dan Byrne can. But I certainly wouldn't expect Dan Byrne, bless his cotton socks, to play left back for England. Go and prove me wrong, Dan, because I love you the bits, my friend. But I wouldn't be down Ladbrokes with Gibbo's bent penny and trying to put it on Dan Byrne getting an England cap at left back next season. Stranger things have happened. And of course, Dan uh-huh. Burns um, got a new year on his deal as well after he reached a, a threshold of appearances. So we think he won't be going anywhere anytime soon. All that remains to be done, John. I want you just to tell me what next season holds for Dan Byrne. Next season holds the realisation of everything that brought him into football. The realisation of a dream. The realisation of the impossible dream. Because when he was playing for New Hartley, when he was playing for Blytown and Bly Spartans, and I'm not having to go at those clubs because I've been at that level with Gateshead, when he was playing for them and in Asda, he lived dreamt the impossible dream, which was that I'd play for Newcastle United in the Champions League. We've all dreamt that. No chance whatsoever. Sorry, next season he is going to do that. And therefore, next season will be the most memorable season in Dan Byrne's career once it comes to an end, because he will have played in that competition. And um, it's wonderful. It's what stirs the heart. It's I'll go back to what I already said. Those two Hollywood stars at Wrexham ought to get themselves out of Wales and get up here and make a blockbuster film of Dan Byrne because he is the local hero. We play the local hero for the club to run out to. He is the local hero. He epitomises the joy, the possibility, the everything that's good about football because football is meant for people like Dan Byrne. It's not meant for the prima donnas who come and think 
that God's gift to the game of football in our trouble in the dressing room, trouble for teammates, trouble for fans, let fans down. Dan Byrne will never be accused of that. Next season, Dan, enjoy every minute of it because it's your moment in wall-to-wall sunshine. And you'll remember that for the rest of your life. And eventually you'll be sitting there. That haircut will be disappearing. The legs won't be doing the dancing. But you'll be saying to your grandkids, hey, did I tell you about when I played in the Champions League for Newcastle United? And the kids will be saying, yeah, granddad, you told me that this morning, yesterday morning, in the morning before that. That's what he's earned in his career. And that's what he'll be able to do. So enjoy next season, Dan. We, as Newcastle United supporters, are going to enjoy it. You're in a privileged position. Enjoy it even more. Couldn't have put it better myself. John, thank you, as always, for joining us on Let's Talk About. This has been Let's Talk About Dan Byrne. Me and John will be back next week. Please head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep it with all the latest Newcastle United news. And for myself and John, we'll see you very soon. Cheers.